Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Toledo, your host on Dent Time PDR, a podcast about PDR training, tutorials, interviews, and much more. So get something to eat, drink, and start pushing. It's time to listen. What up, Vinny? What are you doing, dude? Oh, just getting ready to finish editing this video. And uh, I figured it'd be a good time to call you if you're in front of your computer or not. Of course, I'm, I'm podcasting right now, dude. Oh, am I interrupting you? No, you're on. I'm recording you live on my podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike's the man of movies. Wow, no kidding. How's it going over there at uh, PDR Tool Time? PDR Tool Time, we're killing it, man. Just had Matt Moore on this week and uh, just recorded another episode last night all about motorcycle PDR. They'll be dropping on Tuesday. Cool, cool. Well, that's what's crackalacking over at PDR Tool Time. I heard, uh, I didn't get to listen to the Matt Moore uh, segment, but uh, I'm planning on doing that. I was like, oh, cool. That's that might that might be an interesting topic. So, uh, how what yeah. how'd it go? Well, we've been trying to get Matt on for about three or four weeks, and it finally happened. And uh, prior prior to that, a whole bunch of other podcasts popped out with, uh, you know, shop talk and whatnot. I think. The PDR College did one, and I think someone else did. I think you might have done one too, right? Yeah, yeah, I did shop one. Work. Yeah, kind of did one. I kind of basically said, "Hey, don't get a shop because you want to get a shop. Get a shop because it makes sense." You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So we already covered that topic. Listen to all that podcast. Well, and to our listeners right here, because I've got him on speaker. He just happened to call Vince you know, while I was recording <laughs> this. So uh, hey, go. Over to PDR Tool Time, everybody. Check out Vince and the crew with Daniel Grom and John and and whoever's a special guest over there. So uh, best yep. of luck to you we guys got, over there. Yeah, we got Hudson on on out on the field right now, doing a lot of different tool reviews and different tech tips and stuff like that. He's joined the team as well. Cool, good deal, good deal. You yeah. guys you got a little army going now. We got a little army. We're building our army. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Vinny, All for, right, brother. Thanks for coming on. All right, give me a call later. All right. All right, so that was Vince from PDR Tool Time. If you guys get a chance to uh, listen to them, go check them out at pdrtooltime.com. You can check out all their latest podcasts there or go to iTunes. Meanwhile, as you guys have known, I've been mentioning that I'm going to be doing a seminar in Canada. Actually, I'm going to be part of their seminar, I'll be speaking, and it is called... PDR Repair Secrets, along with Vince D'Alessandro, he's going to be teaching the EV class, the IMI, out there. So if you're in Canada and you're thinking about attending an event, I would definitely, definitely check that out. Go to pdrcanada.com.ca. I think it's dot, uh, dot p. I've screwed all that up, man. You can tell I don't know anything much about Canada, about how their, their websites are. pdrcanada.ca. You can talk to Dominic out there. Uh, he's taking all the information, giving all the information about the event. You'll have a great time there. And I think it's info at pdrcanada.ca as well. So get your butt moving. Uh, there will be a site up pretty soon. I'm actually um, help creating that site for him, a landing page for it. So with all the information, the instructors like Zan, uh, Don Cavanaugh, uh, Myself will be there talking about marketing as usual and uh, a few other things that are going on. And again, I was mentioning IMI. So go check it out and uh, see if that's something for you and you want to 
up your game in all aspects of PDR. Meanwhile, this topic is going to be about finishing, deep dents. You know, a lot of people want to do the big dent stuff. They want to do the big smashes. But what does it really come down to in the end? So I'm training a student right now. And he goes, are you going to do some big dents? I said, we can do big dents, but I just want to give you a heads up. It's going to always come down to the end. Your, your 90% of your time is going to be about finishing. He goes, you know what? I, I can, I've seen you take out the big dents. I know what it's going to involve. You're going to use the Glexo or whatnot. And we're going to get it down to that small part. And I said, absolutely, because we will be getting that big dent shrunk down in less than five minutes or, you know, even quicker than that. And now it's about finishing small parts. So this isn't a big dent breakdown uh, podcast, but I'm telling you, I'm setting it up because it really comes down to finishing the smaller parts of the dent of the big dent. Right. There's always the deepest part that makes the the repair the most challenging. It's not the shrinking it down. That's easy. It's finishing it. Finally getting rid of the deepest part from being overstretched or or how clean can you keep it? And that's what it's all about, right? Uh what tools are, should you use? Well, I, I could go over a bunch of different tools. And we could be here for different scenarios for hours, but I'm not. I don't even know how long this podcast is. Honestly, I'm not even trying to go an hour. Some of you guys are like, Mike, I, you can go two hours. I like. I want to go. You go as long as you want. Well, I, I, I'd love to, but I, I just want to keep this, you know, kind of somewhat short to the point because it uh, really depends on on what tool you're going to grab you know, you don't just grab any tool and stick it in there and hopefully it works. You got to have some kind of, you know, uh, strategy, you know, you got to look at it and go, hmm, okay, I could, I could, can I get a, you know, it's between a brace, can I get a hook underneath the brace, can I, if I get a hook, is it going to, what kind of pushes is it going to create, uh, I can get a flat bar on the front fender, but what kind of tip am I going to use? Uh, am I, should I use a ball rubber tip? Should I use an R4? Should I just use a straight blunt, no protection? Should I use a sharp tool? Is it aluminum? I mean, you get my point. There's a lot of different scenarios. So let's let's create a scenario, a couple different ones, and then we'll talk about. And I, listen, and I am not telling you. My technique is holy grail. I'm just giving you my point of view of how I take them out and then how I teach the students how to be become clean. And you can you can talk to any one of my past students or anybody that actually is pretty good at PDR and they will tell you who's been in the game that there are numerous ways to do a dent repair, all right? How you do it is your is your is your thing you know there's nobody should technically put someone else's technique down unless they are doing it wrong from the start and wrong from the end because if they're having a hard time finishing it's generally because they had a hard time starting it in other words if it starts messy in the beginning it's going to end messy not saying that you can't get it out but it's not going to be as clean as you would hope so during the repair 
So we're going to talk about a deeper dent. Let's talk about the one in the photo, the deep one in the front fender. It is on a Mustang. Now, here's what I've been teaching lately, okay? What I like to do is tell the student, or let's say, I'm not going to talk about a student. Here's what I would do personally, okay? So I, I'm looking at that dent. If you guys are looking, again, at reference the, the cover of this of this podcast, you'll see a very deep, sharp dent in the front fender of a Ford Mustang. And everybody knows a Ford Mustang is kind of like, it's kind of like a tempered steel, high strength steel, feels like aluminum, reacts like aluminum. Not very fun to work on at all. The only good thing about working on a front fender is that you generally have really good access to get almost any kind of tool you can in the in that panel now gentlemen for who are in europe or in the uk front fenders i'm referring to the front wing uh it's for the you guys's proper terms are in australia g'day mate and so we're going to talk about the technique now if let's say it's in the front fender you got the splash guard out and the reason why i'm talking like you guys i, I can't show i'm not showing you this is just as visual if you if you're listening to it we're talking visual. So let's let's imagine that the splash guard is taken out. You took the splash guard out, which is which is a very good idea. And generally, you want to charge for that stuff. You don't want to just do it pro bono because you'd be pretty upset by the time you take the front line a fender liner off. You do all the work on the front fender, and then you have to put it all back in. Yeah, you little you kind of you kind of thinking second thoughts about your price, aren't you? Anyways, we'll go, we're not going to go into that. So let's go. The fender liner's down. You got good access in there. Now your challenge is, is the dent itself, the deep part of the dent. What are your options? Now, the good thing about when someone sends me a text is that I really get to see and prepare mentally how I would approach that dent. It gives me a really good thought process, what tools I would use. So... I'm in the front fender. I'm thinking about different scenarios. Okay, I can use a soft tip. Okay, but I'll probably need a moose knuckle because I need more leverage. I could leverage off the tire by turning the tire a little bit more towards the wheel. So that'll give me a little more kick. So I can use the rod straight there. Wait, hold on a second. Well, let me, well, I could probably take a flat bar. Which flat bar would I use? Would I use the dent dial? Would I use the anaconda? Do I need to bend it? Oh, maybe I'd use the new care point. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can use the new care point because the care point, the flat bar, it's newer. It's I got two two scenarios. Well, yeah, I could do that. And see, you see the thing I'm thinking about? I'm going through my thought process of what I'm what what kind of tool is going to give me the best chance, the best power, the best leverage with the less amount of effort. So we're gonna get to another another scenario, but but my my tool of choice would probably be a flat bar for sure now before the care point flat bar came out you guessed it i was using two other bars i was using a dent dial and the anaconda some people said well the anaconda doesn't bend that didn't matter to me it never honestly it never made a difference to me all i did was put extensions on it on the tip to get that type of arc or that type of reach for myself it leverage the 
uh, dent dial, I hardly ever had to bend. I bent it in one type of shape, and that's pretty much it. I had the 22 light, I had the 22 heavy, and I had the 35 light. Actually, I, let, I, I gave the 35 light to my one of my technicians because he didn't have a flat bar at all, and uh, it's, it's worked out great for him. So this isn't about which flat bar is best. It's like asking you which rod is best. There are different scenarios for different applications. Which rod or bar should you get? Get them all when you can afford it. Okay. If you if you listen to my video or watched my top five videos, one point I made about tools is that if you have similar tools to choose from, pick one that you think you're going to use the most. How many applications do you think you'll have the opportunity to use it on? And there you have it. That's your tool. And then secondary, third, blah, blah, blah. And start collecting the tools that you need. Not saying again, you don't, you won't, there's no place for guy for tools that don't have a one-time use or not very use very often. Like, you know, it's an, a, a tool that I don't use very often, but damn glad I have it is the doodah. Great for front fenders, great for dog legs, just a power, power lift uh, bar, the doodah. Check it out. You can go check that. I think you get a Magnatech mat from Vince D'Alessandro. I think Barry sells it from, he's actually from, I think Scotland or Ireland. That's where it comes from. I, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I want to, it's one of those. The, the those countries so anyways a fantastic tool okay so let's get back to the scenario of the deep dent before i even put a tool behind it what i really want to do is get some of the meat up how do i do that let's what the old school way is take a blunt tip take your chances put some tape on it hope for the best and tap down use some heat and again, hope for the best. Hope you don't overstretch it. Hope you can get that, that tip to, to cooperate and not poke it or overstretch the metal, volcano the dent. That was what I used to do back in the day. Hopefully, hope for the best, okay? Today, there's a lot of different techniques, and one of my favorite techniques I personally like to do is heat up that damn freaking panel. Get it If it's cold outside, make sure it's nice and warm. But even before I even get into the pushes, I'm heating up my glue gun. Dang straight. Yes, I'm going to glue pull some of that. Why wouldn't I? I want to make that dent as less deep as possible. I want the glue tab to get some of that meat out. To make it more shallow. To pull some of that center up. So when I go to push, I'm not going to be risking making poke marks or overstretching it. So that's, that's one technique I would use, or, and I know I would use. I use it every time, and it works. Now, I'm not saying glue pull the whole thing because generally, if I, like I said, in this scenario on behind the panel, I can get to it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to push it. Once it's ready, once, I, I know I can push that out way faster. So I'm going to glue pull it. It might, it might make two or three glue pulls on it just to see how much I can get it. Because I'm really, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to release the crowns on the inside of that center. I'm trying to relax it. Because when I go to tap down, I'm going to relax it more. And then when I go to push, it wants to 
cooperate. The metal flow wants to go back to the center naturally. But if I have too much locked pressure around the rim, around the outside of the center, I'm not going to be able to do that. All I'm going to do is, is risk making poke marks in it, making it chewy. And what's that cause? Confusion. So let's say everything's going great. I got, yeah, what kind of tab would I use on that? I probably, honestly, I'd probably pick a, like a, uh, a 12 millimeter. Let's just reference it. Black Plague Gangrene 12 millimeter. Now there are similar ones that would do that. Maybe the, uh, the, the, the Dead Centers from Kiko. The new Root Beer 2.0s from Anson. Those pull magnificently well. And there's some, there's some other ones out there. I'm, I'm not trying to say those are the only best ones. I'm sure some of you guys have your own, especially the Europeans. They have some of their own. But those are the ones that work for me. And those are the ones I'd go to in that scenario. So let's say it's cooperating. It's, it's pulling. I'm tapping it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting it to move. And it's cooperating quite well. Now flat bar time. So what tip am I going to put on there? Well, the old saying goes, don't go sharp too soon and don't go too big too long. So I really like to match up a, a tip that is going to push that center out without jeopardizing making highs or jeopardizing bringing the shoulders up and overstretching it like a soft tip would, like an R4 or an ultra black soft tip would do. You have to be quite careful. Now, on high strength steel, like in a Mustang, I'm probably going to use a midpoint. And a midpoint is kind of like between a sharpest tap down and a blunt tap down. It's the black mid-range tap down that you commonly see, uh, maybe on an ultra multi-punch tap down. Uh, you'll see it on Dentcraft's tap downs. I don't know what, what, what I think it's a B something. I, I Honestly, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll try to put some pictures down too as well. I, I try not to create myself too much work when I'm doing these podcasts because it is a lot of work to record the podcast, edit the podcast, do the thumbnail, write a little vlog about it or blog about it, and then put it up. It's work. So you can understand why I don't want to create myself more work than I had to. Anyways, sorry about being selfish. Let me keep going. So I've gotten a blunt tip. What I'm trying to do is get that center up, trying to get that get that nice and high so I can knock it down, relax that metal, and then repeat that process. As the dent gets smaller, I'm actually applying heat, so I'm not jeopardizing the paint, not jeopardizing uh, the finish. I'll tap down again. Maybe switch my tap down. Uh, I, I, I forgot to tell you what tap down I'm using. I'm using a blunt again, the midpoint tap down and a midpoint to push. So I'm still using the two types, not ticking it on and off. I have one for tapping and one for pushing. Now, if it was not a flat bar it was being used on, or let's say it was a rod, double bend rod, and I was pushing against the tire, I would most likely be applying gaffers, a little bit of gaffers tape on the tip. Why? Because a rod isn't flat. And if you are just cocking it a little bit left, a little bit to the right, and you're not dead center straight up pushing on the tip, you will slip. And if you slip, we call it a snail trail, you'll be crying for a long time. 
because you are going to make the nicest high off the center, either to the left or to the right of that dent. And now you just added probably about 45 minutes to your repair time. That's if you do it right and reverse that mistake. So let's say you got the, you get the midpoint, you bring it up, you're tapping down. Now it's getting smaller. Now you're switching tips both, both ways. You're switching your tap down and you're switching your push tap, your, your push tip. Your push tip, what I switch to is a root beer tip. It's a hard root beer, clear root beer looking tip. And why do I use that? Because it is still way less sharper than a steel tip I would use because a steel tip is going to, it will prematurely make poke marks, create too much texture, blur your vision, what you need to see, and you're automatically sanding right off the bat, which is not something you want to do. You don't want to sand prematurely. Technically, you don't want to sand at all, but if you can't help it, don't sand too early anyways. So use the root beer tip to help bring that up. Move that board back and forth, regardless if you're using a fog, line board, move that board, get the most broadest look you can. Or if you're using a line board, you want to look for detail and you want to switch sides at all times and make sure that you're keeping that dent balanced. So we're bringing it up. Looking at the reflection, making sure everything looks good, tapping it down, switching sides, cross-checking. Yes, it looks good and balanced. You're almost getting to the end. Got heat on it. Heat's doing good. You almost don't need heat at, at this point. So you switch sides. You look. You're like, oh, I got a little crown there. Now you're taking the VIP and you're tapping down the little micro highs because you will make some highs here and there inside of that. Tapping that down, relaxing the metal, switching the sides again. Now you're getting to the itty bitty nitty, nit, nitpicky. Now you can switch to the sharp steel tip and pick that out. In a way, you're trying to match the orange peel to the, to the regular factory orange peel. And that's basically how you do it. Just go back and forth, use that type of technique on a front fender. I like to use the glue tabs. Then I'll pick my choice of weapon, whether it be a rod, flat bar, or even those new standliner tools. That's probably why, you, well, how come you didn't mention those standliner tools? Well, I'm trying to be somewhat practical for most of you. In the, in the future, you will hear me talk a lot about standliner tools. And I've already did a tutorial the other day on a standliner tool. My, tech, my student was checking it out. So if you get a chance to go to Dent Time, or excuse me, the Facebook, dot com slash dent time you can check out the dent time facebook you can see how how well my student was picking up using the whale tail on a body line just wiping it down then i did a tutorial the following day on the opposite fender whacked it you're going to see that too as well you'll see a mini tutorial on dent on youtube and then the full tutorial on dent trainer because we are going to have a section just straight standliner tools because it, I feel it's important and you guys can see the techniques on how I use it and I'm sure that other people out there are going to make their own tutorials or show how they're using the tool I'm just going to show you the way I, I do it and 
I've been learning a lot on this. And so if you're wondering, would I have used a, a standliner tool on, on the deep dent on the front fender of that Mustang? You bet you I would. In fact, hell yeah. Because I would have got my bigger whale tail and I would have dollied that center out. It would have it would have done a really nice job to get that center up really quick. If it was more of a kind of up in the narrow, higher part of the front fender, I would get a pirate hook and work it from either the tip or the soft tip of the pirate hook and the back of the pirate hook. So there's a lot of interesting techniques to do on deeper dents now. The tools will definitely help you make it more cleaner and smoother, but you still got to pay attention to the fundamentals of PDR. You know, to, today's tools aren't miracle workers. You know, they're not, they're not going to do your dent for you. But the more you understand about the basics of PDR, the fundamentals, I'm going to say it, the more they feel like miracle worker tools. So let's not get, get, give the tools too much credit. You got, you got to give yourself credit. It's a 50-50, okay? It does its part as long as you do your part and vice versa. And you got to stay patient. Stay open-minded. You know, I was on, uh, put a, I put a clip out there. I was doing a crease killer. And um, listen, I don't like to get in confrontations on, on YouTube. I, there's, I see that there's YouTube comment. There's people who know PDR. And then there's people who don't. Then there's people who have their opinions. And what really just kind of, I don't say it upsets me, but I would say it just kind of just makes me scratch my head is when somebody makes an opinion about something that they didn't even have, they don't own, they didn't try. How can you make an opinion on something that you didn't try or you own? I'm just saying. I, and honestly, I think we're all guilty of it. We all are. There have been numerous things that have came out in this industry. And we'll even go back to all the way when hot glue came out. I think, and there was no really big internet when that came out. I mean, there was internet, but it wasn't like it was today where people were showing videos of how it was working or tutorials or, or, or things like that. It was, hey, figure it out. And even myself was like, that stuff doesn't work. And when it, when it was kind of working, I was hoping it was going to work for certain scenarios. And I still didn't have a lot of knowledge on it. It was just, man, I hope it works. Hope I get lucky. And you didn't have formulas about different things. Now, what, what happened to, uh, what's, what other uh, new stuff that came out? Uh, let's see here. We're not going to get the Glexo because that's one of the latest ones. But me and Daniel Grom and Vince and Shane were at uh, three years ago, three or four years ago. We're at MTE and and Daniel was the only one that bought that freaking thing, at least publicly I saw, and paid the $400 with the slide. And it's still a damn good slide hammer. The original slide hammer from Brazil, that slide hammer, I use it now on the Glexo. It is a legit slide hammer. But anyhow... Nobody, everybody thought that was a joke. 
You know why? Because nobody really knew how to use it. Nobody, nobody, you know what really changed the game of how to use that is you had to take the, number one, you didn't, have, you didn't need a lot of cold glue. Two, you had to knead it. And then you can get it to pull. I know I'm going off track right now, but I just can't help it. How, how, how we all can be naive or ignorant compared to what's that really out there. Man, I'm telling you what, if I see something using it, somebody using a tool and it's working for them, I'm paying attention. I hold my opinion back until I get enough data and I get enough confirmation or if it makes enough sense to me to try it and then base my opinion. That's all I'm saying is like, hold your opinion until you actually have tried it. Don't go by what everyone else says until they've tried it. And I know a lot of you are reserved. Shoot. Here's another scenario, right? We got you got the hot box, you got the power PDR box. And honestly, for me personally, I've experienced the power PDR box. And I've experienced the hot box. And I've experienced the aluminum hot box. And if you guys want me to be truthfully, I'll rank it one to one to three. Power PDR box, number one. Aluminum. Hot box number two. Hot box number three. Uh, all three of them, if I had to pick one for the most scenarios, I'd definitely use the power PDR box. Boy, am I going way off topic here. Oh, going from deep dense to like what tools that have really helped the industry in its way, but people who who have put them down tremendously, a lot of controversy uh, either before in the past, but now is now are considered like a must have go to. It's a, it's a daily asset, especially for hail or big dance repair into today's PDR aspect. Glue tabs, you know, then we got into the formula of glue tabs, right? Oh, the, this this pattern right here is like the oral pattern, and uh, this is the one that's gonna pull. And you had titty tabs back then. Titty tabs were the shizzo back then, like that. Those are the only ones that actually worked, but they were they were like Stretch Armstrong, man. Like after a while, they're just like I had. I saw one saw a guy's tab that was like I swear to God, it's like eight inches long, dude. The stem, it didn't break, but it was stretched. Yeah, I'm going all over the place on on this thing. I'm sorry, guys, but just kind of giving you some history, you know, about tools. So now I'm going to do a full circle. So we're talking about deep dance again, okay? So what's what happens if that panel was aluminum? If the panel was aluminum, you're definitely heating that sucker mofo up, okay? You're almost throwing everything you learned about how to remove a deep dent for steel. Completely done. You're not using that anymore, that technique. You're using sharp tools. You're using uh, a lot of heat. You can still use glue. Don't get me wrong. You can use glue. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. If I was glue pulling that, I'm not 
both both scenarios, steel and aluminum, a deep dent on that flat panel of that fender, I'm definitely using a mini lifter because I want to pull as much of that center up as I can while pinning down the rest of the metal. I'd be using the lift right if it was the steel one, but if it was a real stubborn, super deep one like I was there, I'd probably get the precision lifter from uh, Kiko, the Robo precision lifter, because it has a unifoot that really, really pulls and holds down that metal. Because I don't want to mess with that center. I'd rather have a nasty high and no center than a somewhat high and still a center. Because I know if it's got a center and it's got a high, I'm guaranteed two more steps. Guaranteed two more steps. But if I got one high, no center, and I don't care how high the, how the it is, at least I got a good chance that there I don't have to pull again or pull as hard as I did as I had to. Because when you have a high with a little center in it, you got to reset the whole dent again. And then you're going to either glue pull or over push again with the tip. That's what I'm hoping. When I pull a dent, I hope I get the center out. If not, then I know it's just going to assist it to a certain point. Now, there is some advanced skills here. So you got to know when not to keep glue pulling. Same with like you got to know when not to keep pushing. Because if you do one or the other too much, too long, you oil can the panel. You jeopardize the integrity of the panel. And then, then you're kind of, oh well. Then you get in the, you better hope you can get, you got a PDR hot box around you, a power box around you so you can, you can tighten up that metal again and, and get a second chance. That thing saved my butt a couple times. And I'm not sitting there trying to uh, get you guys to, to buy one, but I'm just telling you it, it has saved my butt a few times. So if it was aluminum, then I'm going sharper, usually quicker, you know, and, and I don't have to worry about the aluminum getting chewed up as often or as quick as steel, but I'm using sharper tips. Door. Let's say we got one sharp one of the door, upper door part. Well, heck yeah, I'll tell you what, partner. I am going to, I'm definitely busting out my killer whale tail because it's like a dolly on it. I can, I can move a lot of metal with that. Clean. Pretty dang clean. Or I can get a crane tool on it. Or I could go with a soft tip, but not very long. Then midpoint, go down the process again. Midpoint, tap down. Then go to a, a plastic sharp like the, like the root beer. Tap it down, set it up. Go root beer again. Set it up, get it flatter, pick it out with whatever tool I can. PDR Finesse makes the awesome tools. I think it's an MT-18. I think it stands for Mark Zirkus. Their sets right there, oh, man, they are absolutely fantastic. The 226 set, the, the short door tool set is awesome for picking that those dents out, those sharp finishing. Now, I'm not going to go in crazy detail on how to take deeper dents out, but this is my scenario. I guess I, I don't know what, I guess I'll do deep dents and things. That's what I'll probably name this podcast. 
anyways, I'm not going to go too long. Listen, I want you guys to check out a lot of my good friends there uh, on PDR Tool Time. Check out PDR College. Check out uh, uh, Tactical Marketing from John Hiley. Shoot, man, he's on a roll now, man. He is tearing it up on the marketing part. And he's back on track on certain things, man. He really wants to attack it. So get him, get his uh, his podcast, learn some marketing tips from him. You'll enjoy it. Uh, check out the guys over at uh, PDR Workshop. I think they've got something on YouTube, and I think they've got their own podcast now. The guys from uh, Chris and uh, Ryan and Davo, they all got some cool, good, uh, good little thing going with their podcast and uh, really helping the industry as well. There's a lot of people out there doing a lot of good things. So uh, get out there and don't forget to tag me guys, please tag me uh, on Instagram, repost the podcast or do a screenshot of the podcast. I don't care, but tag me. I will tag you back and repost you back too as well on my Instagram. So I appreciate you guys listening and don't forget to give me a review on iTunes. Catch you guys later on the next one.